Praise the Lord, this is DK Groomless, rock solid truth. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. house of the Lord. Amen. I want to welcome all of our Facebook friends and to all over the world where we're air streaming or broadcasting to you. It is good to have you with us. Thank you for joining the Rock Solid Truth broadcast. I just returned from Liberia last week. Amen. And what a glorious time that we had. Amen. Many souls saved, many souls delivered, many souls healed. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is good to be back home, but I'm missing my African friends. Amen. If you've got your Bibles today, amen. We also want to say welcome to our Kenya coordinator, amen, Debbie, amen, from Kenya, who is the Rock Solid Truth coordinator there. We want to say hello to you as well and blessings to you and to Kenya as well. Amen. Glory to God. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you and magnify your name. I want to glorify and glorify and praise you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of your people. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory, thanking you in advance and all of God's people said. Amen. What should be the reality when we as born-again children of God speak of faith? I'll say that again. What should be the reality when we as born-again children speak of faith? We should be speaking as it being lifestyle. What do I mean by lifestyle? I mean that your faith ought to be working just as efficiently as your lungs are working, as your heart is working, as your kidneys are working, amen, as your bladder is working, as your mouth is working, your faith ought to be working just as efficiently as that. A couple of weeks ago when I was getting ready to leave for Africa, I had to have a COVID test to get in and out of the airport that I had went to a facility over here in Davenport to get a COVID test. It was on a Thursday as I was getting prepared to leave for Africa on Friday. As I went in to get the, the COVID test, they took my blood pressure. And my blood pressure came back and it was 210 over 170. She said, you have to lay down. You are in heart attack and stroke area. And I said, I'm fine. She said, I am serious. You don't understand the situation. What I wanted to tell her was, you don't understand me. That's what I wanted to tell you. And I said, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. And the Lord spoke to me and said, your problem is that you've been drinking too much coffee and not enough water. I said, oh, okay. So that day I quit coffee. I haven't had coffee since. And I started drinking water. 
By that evening, I took authority over it. First of all, I repented and said, Lord, forgive me for this lifestyle that I'm living. Amen. Not taking care of the things that I need to take care of. And I said, I take authority over this high blood pressure in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I proclaimed because they said, you can't go to Africa. And I said, I'm going to Africa. By that night, everything was normal. Have not had any problems whatsoever. When I tell you that faith ought to be working in your life just as efficiently as everything else in your life, that's what I mean by faith that is lifestyle. You see, if I would have told a whole bunch of people about that report, you know what I would have got? I would have got worry, anxiety being pulled on on me, amen. And amen, I know the faith that he's given to me. The faith that he has given to me is the faith that he had when he walked on this earth. And I tell you that his faith worked if you will believe that it works. Yeah. If you will stand in the essence of who he is and what he is inside of you, I tell you that that faith will work. And you can stand on the promises, you can stand on the word, and you can stand on what he has called you and called you to do. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand up the play. Glory to God. It ought to be lifestyle. When your faith is lifestyle, that measure of faith that has been given to you, that has been imparted to you when you became born again, allows you to see more vividly, more clearly of the things that are unseen than the things that you see with your natural eye. That's powerful. The lifestyle of faith, contending for the faith, allows you to see more vividly the things that are unseen than the things that are seen. That's an awesome revelation. And yet many people that are watching this video today are going to struggle with it simply because of one thing. Because their perception of faith is relating to sense knowledge instead of spiritual knowledge. Yeah. So what is sense knowledge? Sense knowledge is nothing more than your five senses. Eyesight, hearing, tasting, feeling, and then multitudes of people rely on that. And they depend on that, walking in the natural instead of that which is the supernatural. You see, there's two ways that you can walk. And it's totally up to you how you walk it or what you want to walk. You can either walk by sight, by what you see. That is exactly what happened to Peter. Jesus Christ comes walking out on the waves. They're in the boat. They're struggling. A storm has come on. Jesus, the boat, word of God said that Jesus would have walked right on by if they wouldn't have called out. Peter yelled out and he said, Lord, if that is you, bid me to come. Now, what is Jesus going to say? Don't come. He says, come. Peter jumped out of the boat. The eleven are still in the boat. They're not jumping anywhere. One jumped out of the boat. Eleven stayed in the boat. Eleven decided to go by sight. One decided to go by faith. Yeah. He jumps out of the boat and begins walking towards Jesus on water. And then all of a sudden, his eyes 
got a hold of the waves and the wind, and he begins to be fearful, and he begins to sink. He reaches out his hand for Jesus, and Jesus takes it and lifts him up, and this is what Jesus said. Only a little faith. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Is there such a thing as little faith? No. Is there such a thing as great faith? Because the Word of God says that in the centurion, I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. And yet in Peter's message, he says, oh, ye of little faith. So is there such a thing as great faith, and is there such a thing as little faith? Absolutely not. No such a thing. Because every born-again child of God has been given the measure of faith, according to Romans 17. Every individual that's born again has been given the measure. I don't know what the measure is, but uh, the Word of God says that if you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, that you can speak to the mountain and the mountain will be removed. You can speak to the cyclamen tree and it shall be planted in the sea. And we both all know that you can't plant a tree in the sea. But according to faith, you can. Yes. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Glory to the Lamb of God. Amen. Now faith. Now faith. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what is now faith? Because that's the question. It's faith available to you right now. Right now. It's available to you. But that faith is in your spirit being. In other words, in the place that you were born again in. Man is a triune man. Spirit, soul, body. That faith it's in your spirit, man. Now faith is available. It's those things that are hoped for and the things that are not seen. It's in your spirit, man. Are you able to see it? Only by faith. Only by faith will you be able to visualize it. Only by faith will you be able to grasp it. Only by faith will you be able to comprehend it. Only by faith will you begin to draw it to you and walk in the very essence of what it is. Now faith. It's your confidence. The confidence of things hoped for. All the promises of God that are yea and amen to the glory of God. Hope for. These are promises that you can walk in, but you've got to be able to see them and hope for them to walk in them. Amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. Yes. They're in another realm. They're in another world. So how does faith work? We know how faith works. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But what is faith? 
your ability to see with your spiritual eyes. Not your physical eyes, your spiritual eyes. That's what faith is. It's the ability to see the unseen world. Someone's going to say, what are you talking about, the unseen world? The only world that I know is this natural world that we live in. Well, have you ever read about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3? Look what it says. Through faith we understand that the world's plural. Not one word, plural. We're framed by the word of God. So all of these worlds are framed by the word of God. Jesus Christ lived on this earth for 33 years. And other than that, he, for eternity, he was the word. Amen. So these worlds are framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Everything in this world that you see was made out of things from another world. Yes. Spiritual world. And the faith, oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Faith is the ability to see these things in the other world. Right. You're able to see it, you're able to believe it, you're able to grasp it, you're able to comprehend it, you're able to hope for it. Yes. Substance. Reality. It's the ability to see. It's the ability for you to focus on. It's the ability for you to stand on. It's the ability for you to live on. It's the ability for you. Just like physical things come on this body. What is going to get them off of this body? Your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to live like you're living. God. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Luke 24, 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score, four miles, about seven miles. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So here's the word of God. Two disciples, Cleopas and Peter, are walking down the Emmaus road from Jerusalem. And they are communing and reasoning about all of the things that had taken place the prior day. As they're walking, Jesus draws near to them and begins to walk with them. They don't recognize him. For three and a half years, they know him. For three and a half years, they've ate with him, slept near him, talked with him, been taught by him. For three and a half years, they are very close to him. That is, they're intimate. 
If I was to ask them today, would you feel that you are intimate with Jesus? I believe every single one of them would say, yeah. We have a personal, intimate relationship with them. They don't know him. You know what the problem is? They know him in the physical. But they do not know him as the word. They do not know him as the word. What's another word for the word? Spiritual. They do not know him in the spirit. They do not know him in the word. That is powerful. They know him in the natural, but they don't know him as the word. Look at John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the life of men. They knew Him in the natural, they didn't know Him in the Word. Oh, by the way, that's the dilemma of multitudes of God's people. The parable of the ten virgins. The bridegroom cometh and is coming down the road. The lights are swinging. Everybody is cheering. There's a crowd behind him. He opens the door and goes in. And those that have oil follow him in. The ones who do not have oil, they say, can we have some of your oil? And they say, no, don't get your own oil. So they don't get the oil and they come back and they're knocking. Lord, we spoke in your name. We prophesied in your name. We healed in your name. We lifted you up in your name. We glorified you. And Jesus said, I don't know you. What do you mean you don't know us? We live for you. We went to church. We taught Sunday school. We know you. I don't know you. What's the problem? They don't know him as the word. They do not know him as the word. They do not know him in the confines of their heart. They don't know him as the bridegroom. They don't know him as the Lion of Judah. They don't know him as their healer. They don't know them as their deliverer. They don't know him as the one who lifted them up out of the miry clay. Yeah, they've got a personal relationship, but they don't know him. They don't know him. They don't call him Messiah. They don't call him Ramona. They don't call him all of these things that are from the heart. They don't know him as the word. They know him as their church denomination. They know him as the one who has blessed them and touched them. But they don't know him as master. 
There's a multitude of people, of God's people, that are always asking and always praying about something that they feel that they're lacking. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 states, by, by divine power, all things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to them through the knowledge and the virtue of Him. The Word of God says that you lack nothing. Nothing. Because you've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. In the spirit now, the part that's living inside of you, the place where He lives, there's no lack. And yet multitudes of God's people are always asking for and asking God to do something in which they feel they're lacking in. And they never come to the place where they feel that they've been blessed with all blessings. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. To multitudes of God's people, they say, Amen and praise God. But they say, it's in heavenly places. Where do you think your born-again spirit is? Heavenly places in you. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. But you know what? God's people don't focus in on that. Why? Because it's in heavenly places. And they don't know that where they are born again is heavenly places. They've not learned to perceive the spiritual. They've not learned to receive or perceive this word. So what do they do? They focus in on the natural things that are taking place in their life. The natural circumstances that are taking place in their life. They've been blessed with all spiritual blessings and yet they don't perceive it. Because they're all wrapped up in the things that are taking place in their everyday life. Lack of money. Food prices. Gas prices. The government. The states. All of the things that are taking place on a natural arena. Those are the things that we are focusing in on. And we forget, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings, and because we forget, and because we don't perceive the spiritual, we live according and relating to the natural that we're living in. Yeah. Yes. And we do it week after week after week after week after week. We quote the scripture, we love the scripture, and we say, yes, the scripture is true, but... You gotta be real about these things, Pastor. I mean, after all, we can't give more. Because we don't have more. 
And the fact of the matter is, you've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. You've been given more, but you just don't see that you've got more because of your natural circumstances. Yeah. And so what do we do? Amen? We hold back. Because this is COVID country. This is COVID situation. That's our thinking because we don't think that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessing. And so an opportunity comes. You know, I, I, I wasn't going to say this, but now's a good time. I might as well. This last trip that I took to Africa, Rock Solid Truth didn't send me on that trip. Rock Solid Truth didn't have the money. I took money out of my own account and did it. Because it wasn't available here. And yet, it's important to me that money is nothing more than a tool to bless other people and to give God the glory. Now I will tell you that God will honor that the same as with you as he lived with me. Amen. Because you cannot outgive God. God is going to look at you only when you become a cheerful giver. You see, I'm talking to hundreds of people that are watching this video. You can send me all over the world. If you like what I'm doing, if you like what I'm preaching, it's the message that you get. You can send me all over the world. And it doesn't matter whether it's in Africa, New Zealand, Australia. It doesn't matter whether it's in China. You can send your money to send me. Because if you send me, you get to go with me. Yeah. Amen.
I get a call from India. We're preparing for India, our next crusade. And on a bigger, on a bigger scale, and even Africa. And my contact, Pastor Gadala, says, come, come to India. I love your message. You don't have to bring no money. I will, I will do everything. Just come. He's believing for something spectacular to his faith. So here Christ is walking with these two disciples. They don't know who he is. They don't have a clue who he is. Just some stranger that just happened to join them, I guess. All of a sudden he just appears out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, I'm wondering if they're looking ahead or looking behind and saying, where'd you come from? And I wonder if there was any thought in their mind as to is there anything familiar about him? And yet the scripture says no. What a tragedy. Because if they would have perceived him in the spiritual everything that they were thinking about and everything that they were going through they wouldn't be going through if they knew that it was him. Glory to God. They wouldn't have been going through none of those things. Instead of confusion, there would have been confidence. Instead of depression, there would have been joy. Instead of fear, there would have been boldness. Instead of reasoning, there would have been faith. That's what would have replaced those things, if they would have known. You know, so I ask you, you and you and you and you and all of you that are watching me, what about your Emmaus Road in the midst of this pandemic, COVID? What about you? What are you focused in on? What are you reasoning about? Your lack of business? Your lack of money? What are you focused in on? What are you reasoning about? What are you saying? How are we going to make it? And what are we going to do? What are you focused in on on this pandemic? Are you focused in on all of the things that are coming against you on a daily basis? Or are you thinking what he said, that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, no matter what your situation is in. If you're in the fiery furnace, I'll walk with you. If you're in the lion's den, I'll be with you. Because I'll tell you, it only takes me five minutes to understand what you're focused in on. And the more you reason about it, the more you talk about it, the deeper hole you keep digging yourself. Uh, 
but pastor. We're in a mess. You're in a mess because you want to be in a mess. Because of your thinking. Because of your stinking, stinking thinking. I bet you're glad I'm back from Africa. I heard this all the time. Oh, we're so glad that you're here. Let you talk to me after service. See how happy you are. I don't know how we're going to make it. I'll tell you how we're going to make it. We're going to stand on the Word. We're going to stand on His promises. Do you really believe that He would never leave you nor forsake you? Do you really believe that? Then why do you talk the way you talk? If you really believe that, why do you talk the way that you talk? I'll tell you why. Because your focus is stronger on the natural than it is on the spiritual. I'll take you to an amen. I've just about taken care of all of the clapping and all of the shouting and all of these things, amen. I've just about taken care of all of that. Those that are watching me saying, I don't believe he's preaching. Well, you better believe it. Because we're in a life and death struggle. We're not in church. This is not church. We ought to be living the gospel. Amen. That's right. How are you feeling on your Emmaus road? Well, you know, you just can't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much got that right. If it's not gospel, amen. I, and I will tell you, there are times that I get drawn in to your conversation because of your stinking conversation. And sometimes I get drawn in. And so, after about two seconds, all I can do is just look at you and shake my head while you're flipping your dogs. You really believe it's a bad and all of that. You really got hooked into the fear mongering. You really got hooked into the government issues. You really got hooked into all of these things. When you ought to be standing alone on the word of God and says, this country is not my country. I belong to another country. Yeah. And the economy system in that other country will take care of the economy that's in this country. John 21, verse 3. Where am I at? How many people have I lost on Facebook? <laughs> You're still gaining. 
<laughs> We're still gaining. Yeah, hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. God chapter 21 verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we'll also go with thee. Here's the part of that. A COVID situation. You know what Peter says? I'm not going to preach the gospel anymore. I'm going back to what I used to do. <coughs> I'm going to go back where there's money. I'm going to go back where there's food. I'm going to go back to what is comfortable for me. And the other ones say, hey, you know what? If he's going, I'm going too. I'm not supporting Rock Solid Truth anymore. I'm not sending you all over the world anymore. I've got my own issues. I've got my own family. I've got things that I have to do. I'm going fishing. I'll take you to the Amen. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately. Not the next day, immediately. I've got my mind made up. And that night they caught nothing. <laughs> go figure. Huh? Yeah, go figure. <laughs> but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Yeah. Here we are again. They don't know it's him. They don't know the word standing in front of them. They don't know the one they desire is the spiritual Jesus. And who's in the midst of these disciples? Those that are intimate. Peter, James, and John. John who Jesus called the beloved because he put his head on his shoulder. Peter, the leader of the pack. James, the one they call old camel knees because he's always praying. Christ is right there in a recognition. Look at John chapter 21 verse 5. John 21, 5. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? They said, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, John, saith unto Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his father's coat about him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they came to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid therein and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish that ye have now caught. 
Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three, and for all were so very many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples doth ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was of the Lord? I find it amazing. They know that it's Jesus, but they will not ask him, Who are you? You know what amazes me? Why did they even put that in Scripture? Why even put it in? Because the Word is trying to tell us something. The reason that they did not know, or the reason that they did not ask, who are you? Because it was their heart that proved to them it was Jesus. They didn't know him when he was calling to them. But when John said, it's the Lord, Peter jumps out of the boat into the sea because he's naked, and all of the other disciples come forward. How did John know? When everybody else didn't know. How did John know? Because John had seen it happen before. And his heart revealed to him, it's the Lord because I seen the Lord do the very same thing when the Lord told them to cast down the nets and they only threw one net into the ground. John says, I remember. It was the miracle that his heart portrayed it's the Lord. And when he said it's the Lord, everybody believed him. Because it was true. Powerful. That's in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to skip that because I've already showed that to you. This is so simple and yet so profound. So I'm skipping Luke. Okay, yeah. So simple and yet so profound. Grasp this. What you do not remember, you will forget. Everything that I have preached to you today, what you do not remember, what you do not right now, you'll forget it. Now watch this. And what you forget, you have the tendency not to recognize. I don't know if you grasp the significance of that. What you do not remember, you'll forget. And what you forget, you won't recognize. Wow. How foolish did this sound? Let's think about this. They've been fishing all night long. They've been throwing that net over and over and over and over and over again. 
All night long, they had caught nothing. And then here comes this individual, standing on the side, and he says, Hey, throw it on the other side. <coughs> throw it on the other side. And you can you imagine what these fishermen are thinking? What are you, Looney Tunes? Throw it on the other side. And then, nevertheless, they throw it on the other side, and every fish in that sea ran for that net. And they pulled it up, multitudes of fish. John says, it's the Lord. I've just given you three resurrection stories. And every single one of them, they didn't recognize who it was. And yet, the church would so arrogantly say, and if he was to appear today, I would know him. No. I would know him. Do you know what you're really saying when you say that? What you're saying is that I don't have to be spiritual to recognize him. I can recognize him in the flesh. Multitudes of people would say that. Multitudes of people. What a powerful word. Look at Isaiah 53, verse 2. Isaiah 53, verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is Isaiah speaking about Jesus Christ. And this is what he was saying. That when you look on him, there is absolutely nothing that would draw you to him in a physical Absolutely nothing. His miracles would not draw you. His features would not draw you. Now if you want to look at the Catholic version of Jesus, if you want to look at the, the wonderful image of that, of that manly face and that long flowing hair, if you want to look at that, amen, that draws you to him. But the word of God is completely different than that. If the word of God says there is nothing, nothing about him that would draw you to him. In fact, you might even be repulsed by him. Nothing to draw you to him in the physical. Only with your heart 
going to draw you to him. Jesus said, Mary. And in her heart she says, Master Rabboni. Only your heart. Because only your heart sees and feels and knows the Word. And if the Word is nothing more than you look at on Sunday, if the Word is nothing more than you look at every once in a while, I guarantee you when He comes, you will not recognize Him. And you will be left outside knocking on the door. Look at verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Not in your heart. You won't recognize what he comes. What you're seeking for yourself or what you're seeking for somebody else is only to give from him, not to give to him. Who do you 
Look at Matthew 16, 17. Now no bisaya, no diayamada didibiyala toyo. Who do you see that I am, Peter? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, thou art the Son of the living God. And this is what Jesus said. Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. In other words, this is what Jesus is saying. My Father has showed you who I am by the Spirit. One of the greatest tragedies that I believe that will ever befall this earth is that when he comes, a multitude, thousands and millions are waiting for him to come. Just like in Israel, they were waiting thousands of years for him to come. And when he came, they did not know him. And I perceive the same thing will take place in the world in which we live. He will come. He will put his foot on the Mount of Olives and they still won't know him. You gotta watch it. I'm going to close. We are on the edge of the cliff. And we don't even know we're on the edge of the cliff. And I will tell you that I have nothing against denomination. I am all about truth. But I will tell you this, your relationship should be with him. Your intimacy should be with him. I have nothing against you belonging to an, a, a denomination. I say praise God. But I do say this, if your relationship is based on your church or your denomination, you're in trouble. Because your relationship ought to be based on him and then your denomination or your religion. Ask yourself the question. When he comes, will I know him? You will if you see him as the word and the spirit. You won't if you see him in the natural, just like these disciples didn't know him. Right now, all over this world, 
throw your hands up and say, Lord, Lord, help me. Help me to be intimate with you. Help me to know you. Paul said that I might know the power of his resurrection. Be conformed to his death. A fellowship with his sufferings. Lord, that I might know you. I see hands up all over the world that I might know you. Glory to God. Go with God. Know that I love you. I do. I sincerely love you. Go with God. And he will surely, 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 he will go with you. This is D.K. Groom with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God.